Welcome back to Going Ultra Season 2, where I'm talking about Ultraman Episode 11, uh, this time anyway. So, uh, I have some notes that I wanted to go through. I have really three notes, um, but I also uh, went ahead and took the time to do pictures this time. So, I'm going to be, I don't know, mostly talking over the pictures, but some of them I'm going to focus on. Actually, there's two video clips I wanted to uh, talk about specifically, so we will get to that in a minute or two. So the first thing I really wanted to take note of is uh, the merits of tough love. Um, Moriboshi sets the firmest of boundaries, of boundaries with Seiji. So uh, in the course of the episode, Seiji ends up fighting with um, Shinjiro because to prove who is the real Ultraman, which this concept of the real Ultraman you know, being a thing, uh, something that's come up before. And uh, Seiji obviously has his own plans, and we don't really know what they are, but they involve him. Uh, getting in with the science patrol in order to secure, uh, you know, funding, support, backup, whatever, to maintain his suit so that he can continue being Ultraman for some greater purpose. Um, he brings up very interesting, very valid points about Shinjiro being uh, privileged and not really understanding the same struggle that he's gone through. Um, some of what he said sounds like things that Moriboshi has said. Moriboshi has... Uh, kind of challenged um, or given a hard time to Shinjiro about uh, him struggling with being Ultraman, especially because to Moriboshi, uh, being Ultraman means being willing to kill aliens uh, when they beg for mercy and for you to stop, uh, even though that they've done you know terrible things and committing to that and uh, going ahead and executing them, killing them, um, which is different from murder, uh, but just you know throwing it out there. Um, so that's interesting to me uh, that Seiji and Moriboshi are so similar to one another because uh, one might not expect that. Um, but it's interesting because their similarities put them in distinction to uh, Shinjiro and maybe uh, their differences with Shinjiro even put them closer to being uh, on the same level as one another. Not so much for... Uh, well, as far as like their temperament and the way they see the world and wish that the world uh, operates or were to operate. Um, you know, Seiji sees things in very black and white terms, like I'd mentioned before, and he is content to uh, enact violence upon people in order to, um, to punish them and to uh, enrich himself so that he can continue to do more greater good. I believe that Moriboshi, similarly, is interested in terminating aliens who step out of line for the greater good. Uh, I believe his interest is pr primarily in um, seeing that humans are not hurt by the existence and participation of aliens in human society, uh, whereas I think Seiji is really fighting on behalf of the aliens so that they can have a place in society. So it's almost like they're coming at things from opposite sides. Uh, um, yeah, from opposite sides of the matter. You know, like two, two sides of the same coin, that kind of thing. Um, but what's more interesting to me is that the strength and the power and the willingness to unleash violence that Moriboshi uh, embodies uh, – is something that we see in Seiji, and I think it's something that Seiji respects in him. And uh, coming from a, uh, <laughs> the perspective of a parent, I wanted to talk about um, punishment and, and things like that. And uh, you know, I mentioned tough love in uh, at the top of this uh, section of the of my discussion of the show. Um, and I have three children who 
all act, well, two of them act very similarly to each other, but it's partly their youth, um, and one who's very different from them. Uh, each kid is presents their own set of unique challenges, and my wife and I have chosen to utilize attachment parenting, um, so we don't want to yell, we don't want to punish, we don't want to be physical with our kids. I'm not saying we're perfect, um, you know, but we also don't think it's a good idea. And if we ever tread into that territory of yelling or hitting or threatening or whatever, it's obviously, uh, or it's something that we feel badly about and that we wish to stop. And, uh, I'm just being honest because it happens sometimes, unfortunately. Um, the good thing is though, that we have enough restraint and empathy, uh, that we're able to, you know, stop each other and the kids are even, you know, they'll, they'll say something and, you know, stop us from being so mad at, you know, one of the, one of their siblings. That being said, my wife and I will frequently uh, lament to one another that it seems as if the children need us to spank, punish, whatever, uh, which we think is not true, but it's just, you know, being how we were raised um, with yelling and hitting and punishment and things like that, it's one natural and two uh, when all of the nice methods are not working, um, it seems like it's possible that you have to be mean or, you know, go the opposite of that um, in order to achieve your goals, which uh, sometimes the truth of the matter is that the only way to win the fight, <laughs> but what is this, uh, war games? The only way to win is to not play the game. Like, you can create power struggles with a child or any individual, and it takes a measure of humility to back down from that struggle, that needless fight that you have created. And that's often what we find we need to do. That's not what happens with Moriboshi and Seiji, though. Um, Moriboshi comes in, he fights and bests Seiji. He cuts off his left arm, which, ding, 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 that's another. I think we're at four left arms amputated now. And then he tells him, if I decide it's my duty or, or the time to terminate somebody, I terminate them and, uh, you know, human or alien, make no mistake about it, they will be dead if I decide that's what to do. And um, it leads us to a great moment uh, that I want to talk about, but will I have to? Oh, no, you know, this this leads me right into my other note. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, set up the clip so everybody watching the video version can see. And then if you, uh, I don't know how well you'll be able to hear it on the audio only. So we'll see what happens. So unfortunately, when I originally recorded this, I did not have my volume set loudly enough, so it'll be really quiet. I tried turning it up, but you'll just have to turn it up in a couple seconds. Okay, so uh, again, sorry about how quiet that was, but um, I mean, look at Sage. He is he is shook. The boy is shook, and. Um, he, I think, maybe has a new level of respect. I, you know what? I don't know what this face means, what, it, what it, you know, this interaction has done to him overall. But it was funny. I was thinking about inflection points this morning. Um, I won't really go on to it, but I feel like this is an inflection point. This is a turning point in this young man's life um, where maybe something about the nature of uh, power and use of violence has been revealed to him through this interaction. Um, he really thought he was going to die. And uh, I think that's really interesting. And I think that's really satisfying. Not because, you know, I want him to you know, be afraid of, of dying. Of course, he's not a real person. Um, but it's just, it's really fascinating to me because of how um, this character obviously 
didn't have the fear of death in them before, and uh, Moriboshi saw to it that it's there, and it just it changes him. And I'll be interested to see how it will, how he'll act differently in the future. Now that I'm done talking about that, I want to transition to something else, and I'm going to run that clip again so you can see, and I, I want to talk about it. Um, and uh, I will tell you this. Well, yeah, I'm not going to spoil it, so I'm just going to go ahead and run the clip. Check it out. Watch closely for the emotion, and tell me if you think Seiji is scared in this scene. Uh, you can put that in the comments if you want, because I sure think he is, and I'll explain why and why I think it works so well. Okay, now buckle your seatbelts because I'm about to talk about why I love tokusatsu so much. Uh, my preference for tokusatsu and practical effects over the use of CGI to convey emotions is... Tremendous. That, that is my preference. Uh, Seiji's fear read perfectly through his ultra mask. His gasp, um, the fact that the camera zoomed in on his face as if his eyes were opening even more, uh, the cut to Shinjiro under the mask like in Favreau's uh, Iron Man, and Moriboshi's deadly serious body language and dialogue, all work in concert to sell the dread of death overcoming Seiji in a more natural and less distracting way than the eyes on his mask cartoonishly emoting. Now, I won't belabor this point. I'm just going to come out and, and say the, the true motivation behind this. I really hate how the Tom Holland Spider-Man's mask eyes move and that like part of his spider powers is his vision sucks <laughs> and it has to be adjusted or whatever. Like, I don't like... Well, anyway, I, I don't want to get on, on that tangent, but... Um, and it, I don't want to, this is not worship or, uh, you know, Japan, uh, what do they call it? Not agraphy. Anyway, I'm not worshiping Japanese and, and what they do. Um, but, like, probably because they've been making tokusatsu for decades, they know how to convey emotion through a suit. And I think it's fabulous. And I love how they're able to do it. And, um, you know, I mentioned there's the Favreau-type Iron Man shot of, um, of Shinjiro, which is a, a new thing, and it's something that you see in Kamen Rider O's. Uh, there's a Birth writer there, or Kamen Rider Birth, who uses that same uh, effect where you know, they make it look like Iron Man. And other uh, subsequent writers have done that as well, off and on, at different times, um, and depending on which show it is. Um, and that's great, and, uh, you know... That, obviously, you get to see the actor's face, um, but really, I think the blending of everything is something that tokusatsu does so well, and it's so special. And this is animation, but it's done in the tokusatsu style, um, where, I mean, they could have had his eyes widened, they could have cut through and showed uh, Seiji's face, but they didn't. They chose to use the mask like they would have shot it, and I really appreciate that, I really like that, and I think it's way better. I understand that in the spider-man cartoons his eyes have widened and even in spider-verse like they totally emote but uh and i love spider-verse but i think it's lame um and it's a crutch and i don't like them doing it in the live action movie uh, they can do it in spider-verse i guess but it bothers me a little but definitely not in the live action i think it's lame do it better do it like toku you know are very tempting you may even think you have an actual shot at dating her however if you slip up and i found the comedy in this scene of i think the ultraman psychically linking together, um, much like uh, Giver 1 and Giver 3 did in, uh, you know, the Giver anime and manga and whatnot, um, which I don't know if that's actually what they're doing, but if it is, even if it's not, I'm glad that they made them, you know, psychically connected, if only for this joke and this gag and this bit, because it's hilarious. Um, I love this dub actor, I can't remember his name, Liam, Ian, something like that, he was Akihiko in Persona 3, that's where I know him from, 
and uh, I like him, and I think he's great here. Uh, it's just so hilarious. The show is playing it for laughs. They're they're putting this super tense music. Seiji is sweat, or, uh, Shinjiro is sweating. Uh, it's just really good, and uh, I just I I love more. <laughs> I really thought I was gonna dislike him, but I, I do love the guy. Um, anyway, I'll pivot from that to. Uh, talking about the fact that I uh, really enjoy Rena figuring out Shinjiro's Ultraman. Uh, I thought it was really cute, um, especially when she expresses her gratitude and understanding for what the new and old Ultraman have done. And I even think she puts it together that maybe Shin Hayata is her is his dad or his dad is the original Ultraman. Um, I don't really know, but it was cool that she expressed the gratitude and that she's like, "Yeah, I know Ultraman was trying, and it was selfish of me." And he's like, "Oh no, but yeah, it's okay because you're hot. I mean, um, you're a human." And he, she's like, no, that's what Ultraman would say. And then, you know, him leaving his phone and stuff. It just, it was really cute. And I, I love how it played out. And uh, I really enjoyed it. So I'm going to wrap up real fast here. I mentioned inflection points because I was just thinking about how to, you know, talk about shows. But, like, this is a turning point in the show. The, things are changing. Things are happening. New characters are being introduced. And old characters who we've seen for a while uh, are being redefined. And we're seeing new stuff. Uh, Bemular wants to take on the Star Cluster Council. And uh, Tech Dad over here is willing to help him, it seems. And I don't know what that means. Is the Star Cluster Council evil? I don't know. Are they connected to the Zeton race, which Edo is? Is he actually evil? I don't know. I was thinking about this. Like, if you were a Nazi or um, anything like that, why wouldn't you ingratiate yourself to your conquerors and then maybe sow um, a plan to take them out later in the future by gaining their trust and becoming one of their best-known confidants and uh, people who helps them out with stuff? And I wonder if that's what position Edo is feeling, um, and I'm very curious about that. So anyway, even though that turns out not to be true, I'm still uh, like super jazzed about where the show is going, what it's doing, and how um, just how good it is. So I'm, I'm loving the show. Anyway, uh, visit mjmunoz.com for all my other stuff. I've got other podcasts up there. I've got the original uh, Going Ultra Season 1 up there, which covers sssss.gridman. Uh, you can support me on Coffee. The link is coffee.com slash mjmunoz. Um, you can see the other stuff I'm working on. Uh, you can check out on this channel um, my Gigundam show as well as... Um, uh, oh, another writer cast, which after this show, after Going Ultra is over, after I'm done in a couple days, um, I will pick up the pace on uh, that and uh, finish another writer cast talking about a bunch of common writers. Ciao!